Welcome to the Purpose and Profit Club podcast for nonprofit leaders, mission-driven creatives, and social entrepreneurs. Get ready to stop dreaming and start doing. Here, ideas become action. We prioritize purpose and profit. You ready? Let's go. Today's podcast episode may be a little bit of a rant. This was inspired by a post that I read on Facebook and interacted with a bit from a nonprofit leader that was asking a really simple question, but it was the wrong question. So today we're going to talk about low value questions, asking the wrong questions, and the difference between upstream versus downstream thinking. All right. So the first piece is, let's talk about this post that totally got me fired up. I am not one to like get into really a lot of interaction and commenting and back and forths and messaging is on all the things um, on Facebook or like Reddit or wherever. But this one, it was really interesting, I think, because I recently created this easy emails for impact course, email marketing has been front and center in my mind, in my research, in, in my life. And Facebook and the algorithm, it knows that. So on my feed one day, there was this post in a communications group about email marketing. So it knew to show me that post. It was like, Christina's going to love this post. All right. So here's basically the essence of the post. So a nonprofit leader says that they have a really pretty, pretty large list of email subscribers. They mention that it's over 30,000 subscribers, but they only send out email campaigns like once a year, maybe twice a year. Sometimes they just don't send them out at all. So the question they asked is, what recommendation do people have for a simpler and cheaper platform than the one that they're on? The one that they're on right now, they say, is way too expensive because most email platforms like Constant Contact, MailChimp, ConvertKit, all of them, right, they're going to charge you per subscriber. So the more subscribers you have, the more it costs you, right? So this person says, you know, we've got all these subscribers. We're looking for a cheaper platform. Who has the recommendations? What do you guys think? And I was like, ah, this is the wrong question. This is a low value downstream question. Totally wrong question. So I got sucked in right away and I commented. And and my comment was not with a recommendation of my favorite CRM or email marketing software to yours. No, my comment was, question, which is, why are you send why are you sending so few emails each year? Why? That makes no sense. I needed to know more. It was like the investigation had to begin. You have 30,000 plus email subscribers sitting here in the in the online universe that you're not nurturing, you're not stewarding, you're not cultivating. That is literally revenue just sitting there that you're just flushing down the drain. So the wrong question is, where, where, where can I park these email addresses? No. The question is, why aren't you emailing them? That was the first question I had. The second question I had was very curious, which is when I hear this, like I'm kind of sniffing out, like there's there's some things. So my second question was, when was the last time you, e- you cleaned your email list? Because I'm going to guess with a really disengaged email list like that, you've got a lot of subscribers that aren't even opening your emails. You have a lot of subscribers that haven't even looked at your emails in a very long time. If you're emailing them once a year, they may have forgotten what you do in the first place. It's so disengaged. 
I would guess a large percentage of those subscribers need to be removed from the list altogether. So again, wrong question. Not where do I park these email addresses? How do I send them one or two emails a year? It's who are these who are these subscribers? Are they still folks that open our emails, that engage with them when we send them? And why aren't we sending them more? And the question, the the answer that I got to those questions was really interesting. So and and you can you can imagine where this is going. One was really along the lines of, we don't really have anyone to send out regular emails, so that's why we don't send out regular emails. The list cleaning, not sure on the response there. And I'm sitting here going, if this is true, let's run some numbers. So I decided to run some kind of fast math, back of the napkin math, on what I know in email marketing. And I write, I use really conservative numbers in this case because my hunch is a large percentage of these metrics of 30,000 subscribers isn't, isn't true, right? A large percentage are just completely disengaged. So I said to myself, what do I, what do I think their average open rate is on that annual email? I said, let's make it a pretty low average open rate. So I said 15%, which would be very low, my friends. Okay, I like to see your email open rate over 40%. That's how I teach it. That works when you follow my system, okay? So I said 15%. I'm gonna give them a lot of of slack here. That's 4,500 people that would open an email, okay? And then I said, let's say you ran a well-thought-out, well-planned, well-crafted email re-engagement campaign, okay? Just a series of emails that was way more than once a year to re-engage the folks on your list, okay? And you asked for the sale. You asked for a gift. You asked for, right? You made the ask in it, in this re-engagement campaign. And I said, let's say it was a $100 gift that you were asking for, okay? $100 gift. Those, again, me, conservative, low, $100, and I said to myself, let's say a small percentage of those folks convert, okay? So in my world, you'll see campaigns where average conversion rate might be 1%. It might be 5%. It depends on a lot of different factors. So I said, let's just go with a 3% conversion rate, okay? That's 135 people. We went from 30,000 subscribers down to 135 people in this scenario, in this back of the napkin math. Here's what that turned out to be in dollars, $13,500. What? $13,500. So for somebody to say, listen, we don't have anyone to do this because we cannot afford to hire out somebody, I'm going, that is downstream thinking. That is literally, if you've ever tried to walk in a straight line and you're only staring at your toes, right? You're not staring at what's ahead of you. Okay, what's ahead of you is the possibility of making five figures in a small re-engagement campaign with a really low lift. I mean, this could be a part-time contractor. This could be cross-training a staff member to implement this. This is completely possible. The icing on the cake here is if you did this, if you ran this re-engagement campaign, the people that choose to give, the people that choose to say yes Those are people you've re-engaged and now you know you have the opportunity to convert them again, right? These are people who, if nurtured correctly, could be part of your world. The depth of their lifetime value is so much higher, right? If you can get them to give again, if you can get them to participate, to join, to volunteer. So 
The next time you find yourself saying, what is the cheapest blank, right? What is the cheapest software? What is the cheapest way? What is the cheapest contractor, designer, whatever it is, shoes you're trying to fill. I want you to ask yourself, is this a low value question? Now, I'm going to give you, sometimes that's not, sometimes it's not a low value question, but sometimes, like in this case, it is a low value question. It's looking down at your toes, right? You're not looking further down the line to say, where is it I'm trying to go? If I'm trying to fundraise 100K and I know I have an asset that is, an email list with tens of thousands of subscribers. And I'm unwilling to invest a little bit of time and money in that asset to make more. That's a low value question. Why am I unwilling to do that? Why? And usually the answers I'll hear to why on a low value question are time and money, right? I don't have time. I don't have money to implement X, Y, and Z. Okay. So Let's look at an example I teach inside my course, Amplify Social Impact. That is my online organic marketing course. We have nonprofits, we have consultants, we have solopreneurs, we have EDs, programs, development, fundraising, marketing, all in that course, right? It's it's such an amazing kind of crossover course for doing two things, raising your visibility online and making money online, okay? So in this course, I teach this example, this concept that I created of a social street team. A social street team is a method that I created that is a twist on the boring, outdated ambassador program. You know the one, right? This is a digital ambassador program that is packed full of influencers and non-influencers, just champions, advocates for your organization and empowering them to become digital ambassadors for your organization. The process is very simple. And the other piece of the process that makes it so valuable for the ambassador, for the street team member, is that it's fun. It actually is something that aligns with them and their values, and they actually want to be part of your organization and want to be part of your street team. That's the difference. You're not asking them to be a board member or committee member. This is a fun piece of their life right? That is a, it's, it's not volunteerism. It's not that it is a way to elevate your organization's visibility online. It's a way to fundraise and it is a way for their own interests and brand values to align with yours. Okay. So I teach that process of like, how do you, how do you find influencers? How do you find people to pitch? What's the next step? What do you say to them once they say yes? How often do you, do you get them and activate them to, be a part of your online campaigns. That's what I teach at Amplify Social Impact, which, by the way, opens, let me look on the calendar here, opens on March 14th. Okay, we're opening an enrollment on March 14th with a brand new module, a absolutely killer masterclass I've never taught before that you won't want to miss, and a couple of special bonuses. If you want to get on the wait list, I highly recommend you get on the wait list so you can hear about these bonuses first. Go to splendidcourses.com forward slash waitlist. You'll sign up. You'll be the first to know about it. Okay, so I teach this concept inside Amplify Social Impact. And one of the things that organizations, consultants might say is, I don't have time to do this, right? I don't have time to develop these relationships, to start my social street team. 
I, I just, I, not even, I don't know how to do it. I don't have time to do it, right? Or there's not anyone in on my team that can do it, right? And here's the piece. I'm like, that is downstream thinking. That is a low value way to think about it. And here's why. Many of my students have gone through the course and they have started what I call the beta social street team. So they start with five people, three people, seven people, okay? Let's use an example of five people. You get five people who are a heck yes, they join your social street team, and then you have an upcoming campaign that they're a part of, okay? That would be five people, and again, I'm going to use really conservative numbers. Let's say they have a 1,000 followers each online, a 1,000 followers, okay? That's 5,000 followers total that are influenced, warm eyeballs of people who know, like, and trust them, who are now hearing about your organization, your campaign for the first time, or maybe the second time, right? These are warm leads you couldn't have cultivated anywhere else. So when my friend, Julia, shares her experience as an ambassador, shares an upcoming fundraiser campaign about an organization to her network of friends, I'm listening, I'm one of her friends, She's she's got a link to it. That is very, very different than the organization just simply blasting out posts again and again and again to the same group of people. This is 5,000 in this example, 5,000 new people that your organization hasn't tapped into yet. So when somebody says to me, I don't have time to do this, I'm like, you don't have time to reach out to five people? Five people to join your street team? This is a scalable concept, because by the way, the systems that you create for those five people to become fierce social street teamers is the same is the same system you will use to onboard the 50th social street team member, okay? It's the same system. So it compounds. So you do this, your beta version for the first campaign. Then for the fifth campaign, you've, you've, you've piloted it out. You've simply added to your street team members. You went from five to 15 to 50 at some point, right? And then when you activate your street team, it is huge. Today, as I'm recording this, this just popped into my head. It's really, really funny. So today as I'm recording this, I've noticed uh, many, many of the podcasts I listen to have the exact same guest on their podcast. It's it's pretty much marketing magic happening. So for example, I'll, um, who can I give you to? Uh, Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins podcast. Love her. Her guest on the podcast is Amy Porterfield. Now, I'm also a big fan of Kathy Heller. Her guest on her podcast is Amy Porterfield. You get you get what I'm you get what I'm laying down. So what happened there is Amy Porterfield has a brand new book out. And what she did is she has basically a social street team where she is guesting on other people's podcasts, right? Talking about how she built her multi-million dollar business, talking about what it's like to be an entrepreneur, talking about her new book that is out. So she's showing up in all of these different places where people already have engaged audiences, right? So Mel has an engaged audience. Kathy has an engaged audience. These are different audiences. And by the way, they're different audiences than Amy's audience. It's a social street team. And so it was so funny when I refreshed my feed, I'm like, well, there's Amy. Oh, there's Amy. She's a guest on everywhere. And I bet she's on a dozen more podcasts that I just don't happen to sub- subscribe to because of this concept of a social street team. So to tell me you don't have time to do it or you don't have anyone who can do it, I'm like, this is literally how you save time. 
Because let's think about it the inverse way. If Amy's going to publicize her new book and she only wants to use her own platforms, her Facebook, her email list, her Instagram, her LinkedIn, her Twitter, that's it. Those are the same group of followers and subscribers, right? Who will only a portion of them will see her content anyway. That's going to take a lot of time to constantly create content for. And I get it. She should do that. And you know how you fast track it? You know how you skyrocket your visibility? As you go outside of your world, you step outside of your world, you look forward, you go upstream and say, who are the people who have alignment with me? Who are the people who have alignment with my audience, right? Let me partner with them. Let me invite them in to be a digital ambassador. That is upstream thinking. And it's a low lift. It's a low lift when you have the templates. It's a low lift when you say to yourself, the first version of this is going to be five people and you don't overwhelm yourself with, well, I have to have a version of this that is a five-year version, meaning I have to have a hundred people join or it wasn't successful. No, you do the beta version. That is how you go back to episode one, MVP. MVP will get you able to start a campaign, to start a new strategy and do the beta version. That's what I've done in my business. That's what I teach my clients. It works. It works. So the next time you catch yourself Googling for the cheapest or fastest, ask yourself, is this the right question or am I stuck in downstream thinking? A way that you can wiggle your way out of it and figure out the answer to that question is zooming out and looking at your goals. What are your goals for the year? So let's use this fictitious organization example. Their goal for the year was to have a million dollars in fundraising revenue. And then they had the thought, where can I get the cheapest software to send one email to our 30,000 plus subscriber list? Then you would say to yourself, is that a low value question? Aha, yes, because how am I going to, what's my fundraising plan to fundraise a million dollars? What's my fundraising plan to raise $500,000, right? When I'm not using this owned channel over here that is an asset that we have the data to back up that is an asset, why am I not using it? Oh, I'm not using it because I see that it is an upfront investment in time to write the emails, to come up with a strategy and cost, which by the way, we're talking about a couple hundred dollars a month. That's it. Annually, a couple thousand dollars a year. Is it worth it to spend a couple thousand dollars a year on the software and a couple more thousand dollars a year on the actual person to help schedule and write the emails, maybe more, right? Depending on how much you do to make tens of thousands of dollars. That's the right question to ask. Not what's the cheapest, but if I look at the investment versus the projected ROI, is it there? That's the question. And that's why I got so far fired up because I was like, it's there, it's there. And the last piece is this. Don't cram yourself into implementing a strategy that you don't believe in. So for this person, they clearly did not want to invest time or money into email marketing. And it made no sense for me to shout it from the rooftops about why it would be the best thing ever, super valuable, would be a money maker. They were hellbent on why it wasn't, okay? On why it wasn't, why it wouldn't work. And you will prove that true. 
If you are hellbent on deciding why something won't work, it won't work. Even if you buy the shiny software, even if you hire the right consultant, even if you, it's like begrudgingly doing something, you will, it will not work. Okay. So if you got the most expensive software and you said, well, I guess we're going to do this because we have to do it, air quotes, have to, right? You will prove that true. It won't be enjoying the journey. It won't be enjoying it at all. By the way, your subscribers can read that. Like they can literally feel whether or not there was energetically warmth or excitement or enthusiasm behind your emails or crap, I have to do this and I don't want to write this. That shows through. And I invite you to read an email that you received today or read an email that you wrote recently and ask yourself if you can feel that. Because I know I can in mine where I'm like, oh, I'm not in the mood for this. I don't write. I do not send it out because my voice isn't coming through. Okay. So you have to be willing to, in this example, it would be email marketing. Like you have to be willing to believe it's going to work before you should invest any time or money. Or in the social street team example, right? Let's use Amy. Amy's going on these guest podcasts because she's like, these are my people. These are my people's people. Like they're going to love this book. That is very different from somebody showing up to a podcast interview that maybe their assistant booked them and they don't want to be on it, right? You've heard those interviews before. They're boring. The questions are short. They're not exciting. It's the same thing with your social street team. You have to be, you have to say to yourself, okay, if I have my first beta social street team, I get five people on, let me cast the vision for what I think that could create. Do I believe that this makes sense? Do I have some curiosity and excitement around it? And if those are yeses, then you should do it. If you are begrudgingly saying, oh, I have to do this now, don't do it. You see the difference? All right, friends, that's what I'm going to leave you with today. Go to splendidcourses.com forward slash waitlist. Sign up for the waitlist. I've got a bonus only happening for that waitlist when I open doors to amplify social impact. And I will see you next time. Like what you're hearing and want to take this to the next level? I want to invite you to go to purposeandprofit.club to watch my free class. In there, I will tell you the number one thing that's keeping your nonprofit or social impact business stuck and what to do instead. Go to purposeandprofit.club. Think you've reached out to everyone in your network? Are you out of ideas to get noticed and get funded? I hear you. That's why I'm giving you a chance to steal my prospect list. Yes, you can generate leads for your nonprofit or impact-driven business. Grab my mini training and list delivered to your inbox instantly. Go to splendidcourses.com forward slash prospect.